A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can drive change or build an empire. Because old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. This new year, we need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's still ours to win. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is Andy Gutierrez from StarWars.com, and you are listening to Coffee with Kenobi with Dan Z. This is the podcast you're looking for. This is James Arnold Taylor, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. Hmm, I have a good feeling about this. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Coffee with Kenobi. We are your spoiler-free place for Star Wars discussion, analysis, and rhetoric. I'm your host, Dan Z, drinking One Nation coffee again out of my Disney Parks portable. I guess, well, of course, it's portable. Every mug is portable, but it's the the (laughs) mug you can get at the theme parks. And I'm telling you, I know I've used this one before on the show, but it really is good about keeping the coffee warm or your, your your water cold. It's... It's great. I'm not actually not being sponsored by Disney Parks, although that would be nice. Speaking of nice, this is our show we review, Star Wars The Clone Wars. So that means it just sort of happened, I guess, kind of by default, but also just by the force willing it. This is Tom Gross. Well, hello, and it's good to be back. And I like it that I'm willed by the force. Nice. Yes. And a portable coffee mug. I, I, did you, is what you meant to say is it's it's theme park approved. It's theme park approved. And it's the ones that when you go to the theme parks, you can be sure um, that if you would you get it through the, your dining plan or if you purchase it, then every time you go to your resort restaurant or your little food court, basically, you can get unlimited refills during the length of your stay. Very so this cool. is the one that is where you have to pay a little bit of an upcharge. And it's great. I absolutely love it. It's not dishwasher safe, so I have to do that by hand. But, you know, it's okay. I got time. So uh, today we're going to review Gone with the Trace, the the fifth episode in Season 7 of Star Wars The Clone Wars, which debuted on Disney Plus last Friday. Now, uh, before we get into that, uh, I want a, a few shout-outs. First, thanks to everybody who continues to tune in to Coffee with Kenobi uh, live on Facebook. Uh, two Mondays ago, we did that just to give everybody a reprieve, and it was it turned out so well, and I had so much fun with it that it's become a regular thing. So yesterday was the second one, and I know how it looks from my end, but Tom, how how have they been going for you? What what do you think? How what tips do you have for me, good sir? For you? Oh, tips for you. Well, I I was just about to say that I think they're going so well. They're um, I I happened to miss the last Monday because. Uh, I forget what it was, but, uh, oh, I t- had to take a phone call and I thought it was going to be short and it ended up being longer, but last night, uh, was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, it was fun talking about the things we talked about. In fact, we kind of previewed some of our thoughts and ideas about yeah. what we're going to talk about today. Uh, so it's kind of a nice place to get a little bit of preview of what's coming up that week, mm-hmm. uh, and any news that we get over the weekend, but it's just, you know, anytime Dan, we get to talk with our friends in the star Wars fandom and it's, it's always a good time. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people gave some insights into lots of different things and we gave each other ideas. Um, just a, it's just a fun way to do it and tips for you. Keep doing it. That's, that's my tip for you is, right. is that, uh, it was informative. It was fun to hang out with people 
and uh, and it's just it's a different format. So it was really cool. I like and I liked being able to show off uh, the office a little bit as well. And Absolutely, just, and just being able to just. Because uh, to me, I, the reason I started it was I know Lou, of course, does it on WDW Radio, but I think there's just something about that familiar face, right? Mm-hmm. And just and pe- maybe be giving people a break. And let's be honest, I mean, I've, I've tried really hard to avoid talking about what's going on with the coronavirus, but it's hard not to because that is the rea- reality, not just for you and I or the state of Illinois, but the entire world mm-hmm. globally. Yeah. So uh, we need these uh, pleasant distractions. And, and I, I will do a, a quick check-in. Uh, our family of five, we're doing great. I mean, we we're well stocked from the store. We we stay home. We people don't come over. We don't go anywhere. We once in a while we'll go for a drive, but we don't get out of the car. And um, we're just doing good about exercising every day and doing. We may, we do like a family uh, reading time. We uh, play video games. We play board games. Uh, Mason and I play lightsabers. We jump on the trampoline. We watch movies. We just have fun family time. And it's going pretty well. Uh, so I'm very blessed that I have that. And hopefully everyone is feeling similarly. Yeah, same experience. Um, you know, we're continuing to work out. The girls built a, a huge fort in our in our basement and spent last weekend uh, just hanging out in the fort and being together. You know, it is helpful when, and I'm sure most families are this way, but when your kids are their own best friends, uh, mm. that really helps. Um, and so they've been, they've been hanging out together a lot. And, uh, you know, like you said, working out, spending family time together, we haven't broken out the board games yet. And that's, you know, that's important to me. And so that's, that's coming. I'm waiting for us to have to move into a new phase of sort of living with each other. And that's when the games are going to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but we've done video games and things like that. And a lot of reading I've done, I've done so much reading. I've been so happy about that to be oh, able good. to catch up on, you know, finish up some books that I had started and uh, starting some new stuff. And uh, so that, that's been good. Um, I'm very but, glad to hear that. What, when do you find time to read? Is it in the mornings or in the evenings or just kind of whenever? Um, I just, I slip it in whenever I have the book just in a very centralized location. And when I find myself with a few extra minutes here or there, um, I sit down, but you know, when the girls are kind of off doing their own thing and, you know, we are technically on spring break this week, so I'm not doing any check-ins with school per se, but, uh, my wife is, she's still, she's still working. They don't have spring break for another couple of weeks. So she's still connecting with kids and putting out lessons and, um, and trying to stay connected. So really when she's doing that and the girls are, you know, doing their gymnastic stuff in our basement, that's when I sit down and I get, you know, 30, 40 minutes of reading in. So that's, that's uh, really good. Oh, that's, what are you reading now? Right now I'm reading a book for our, uh, my book club at school. It's called Far From the Tree by Robin Benway. And it was the uh, National Book Award winner uh, last year. So um, it's, it's been really good. It's not a Star Wars book and I'm, I'm kind of pining for my next Star Wars book, but, uh, but this is a really good read. I've been, it's, it's, it's a YA book that's not filled with a lot of eh, stuff that YA books are often filled with, you know, um, you know, kid issues and uh, swearing and that kind of stuff. It's, it's a pretty, you know, there's language in it, but it's appropriately placed and uh, not superfluous. Is that, is that the word I'm looking for? Superfluous. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, but yeah, it's, it's a good book. Good, good. Well, Mason and I have been playing a lot of battlefront. Oh, nice. And he, he destroys me every single time and he's six. 
<laughs> I mean, Siri, I'm not even pulling my punches. He's just way better. Yeah. Uh, he, once he gets to a certain level and gets Darth Maul, I'm like, oh, I better start running when I see that red lightsaber. That's usually yeah. good advice. Anyway. So, you know, you know what that is, glad. Dan? What's you, that? you know what that is? What? It's called it's called age, my friend. The fingers yeah. and the eyes just don't move as quickly as they used to. I'm well, sorry to say. Yourself. <laughs> you're still- a you're a young guy, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I had to, I realized uh, two weeks ago that I had to start using my reader glasses to read comic books. Oh, I, oh it started! Oh, it started! No. I wait. I managed to hold out a long time, but here we are. There Speaking of here we are, let's go ahead and talk about Gone with the Trace. The opening. Fortune cookie is if there is no path before you, create your own. So I'm not going to forget to do the grade. So let's let's ch- change up. Let's do the grade. Overall thoughts in the episode, and do you think the fortune cookie applies well here? Ah, uh, okay, grade. Um, I'm going to go with a solid B on this one. And uh, the fortune cookie: if there is no path before you, create your own. Absolutely, I think that's a. That's a great fortune cookie. I've, that is, is that a term that we've used in the past? I like that. It is. Yeah, I think that's um, what Filoni mentioned it as. Okay. Before. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I can totally see how that fits this episode. And my overall impressions are, it, it was not the episode I was thinking we were going to get with the return of Ahsoka. I was thinking the return of Ahsoka was going to be a lot more um, action-packed than this. But it worked for me. I, I like it. And it sort of is, seems, I don't know, it, it seems to mirror the Echo arc. The first episode of the Echo arc was not as, was not, again, what I was expecting, but I could see how it um, was going to set a lot up. And um, and I don't know, I have to say, and this is one place where the confession is, the more I watch this episode, the more and more I like it, and I'm able to uh, glean more from it. Because <clears throat> I'm, oh. I think I'm knowing what I'm looking for the second, third time watching, and I think I've seen it four times now. Wow! And uh, and so the girls it, like that too. Yes, they do. And uh, and so it's 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 becoming more and more rich, especially after I think about uh, the Ahsoka novel. There's some connections I can make between that and this. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid B as well. Now, full disclosure, when I first said, I thought, oh, this is going to be a C, maybe even a C minus. And it's, it's fine. It's just, it's mostly a setup, uh, ostensibly. And there's not much that happens. Ahsoka only uses the force at the end. And it is a great reveal, which we'll talk about. But then I watched it again and something happened, which I'm going to refer to later. Okay. That clicked it for me and made it a B, like a good solid B. Uh, that impressed me as far as if there is no path before you create your own. At first, I thought, well, okay, I guess I guess that works, but I don't know that that's particularly insightful. But now, after I did the realization that I did, now I'm like, wow, this is actually kind of brilliant. So we will get to that. The opening surprised me a little bit, Tom, because it was a flashback, which we usually have. But this time, <laughs> it was um, a flashback all the way back to season five. Now, uh, I believe I said this on our on our live show yesterday on Facebook, but the I it was nice because before this episode, I knew it was going to be the return of Ahsoka to the Clone Wars. So I showed Mason the last four episodes of season five, where Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order um, because of what happens and how they don't support her besides Anakin. 
So that was already fresh in my mind, but I was glad to see that because it really filled in the gaps and showed us kind of where we are in the timeline. But I will say, even though I don't think there really is a time gap, I feel like, and Mason pointed this out too, that Ahsoka looks a lot older in this episode than she did the end of season five. I don't know. What do you think? Hmm. Um, This is what I'll say about that because I have wondered about what kind of time has passed because some time has passed. I mean, she's gone out and, and earned some credit somewhere enough to buy a cheap old broken down speeder bike. And um, so it's difficult to tell, but I, I would agree. And I, I wondered if it was just the animation upgrade that made her feel a little bit older. Um, in, I think in part of it in look. Um, but, you know, I think that there's definite a maturity to walking away from what your, you know, your whole vision and picture of what life was going to be for you. And so definitely I, I would agree that, that there, there is a change in her and visually as well as emotionally, you know, she, she walks away from the Jedi order. That was her life. That was her paradigm. And, uh, and so, so she had to grow and this is sort of the first piece of that. Um, but it's interesting. I, I, I did think about the time frame, um, but I accepted the, was it in the intro where they say it's right after? Uh, I don't remember exactly. I just, uh, I didn't yeah. know. I can just, you can just tell. And, and they talk about it on the Clone Wars download as well. I mean, no, maybe that's where I saw it. Yeah. Okay. Seems so, but uh, and I also think that that experience that she went through would age her at least internally. Mm-hmm. which makes sense. So I, I think there's a little bit of that, that wizened thing that comes with hardship that is manifest in her. Yeah. So let's talk at the beginning. We've got this opening sequence, which they showed last year at Celebration Chicago, by the they way. Did. But yes. I feel like the animation's a little more, just looks a little more crisp, I think. Um, she's got this, she's riding this really cool bike, and there's a great thing on download about how they found the sounds for this. Yeah. But, uh, Anything you want to say about the opening thing before she actually meets Trace? Um, you know, I thought it was, I, I, you know, here we return to that. I don't know what they call that, that tunnel, that hole that goes mm-hmm. down into the core of Coruscant. Mm-hmm. But we've been here before several times. Yeah. And so, and I feel like we've seen some of these and it's not, I, it's, I, I'm mentioning this not because I, I feel like, Gosh, we've seen this before, but it's a it's a flashback. It's a tip of the hat to some of the things. You know, someone else falls out of a speeder. Was it Anakin or Obi Wan is hanging by a speeder at some point in the Clone Wars? I don't recall, but it's it, it seemed to be a flashback to other things that I've seen. But now this is Ahsoka, and she's on her own, and she doesn't have Anakin to back her up. She doesn't have the Jedi to back her up, and so she's. I feel like she's she's hanging. It's it's metaphorical to how her life is going at that time and she's running across the speeders and getting yelled at and she's turning sorry and then she faces the the cockpit of that larger ship and guns it and pulls over hits their hits their you know uh their uh, dish and i'm just kind of like this is where she is in life right now yeah and uh and she runs along i I love that sequence where she runs along the side of the wall Mm -hmm. right, right before she crash lands and i i just it's you know, it's kind of how I, I, when I said earlier that I, it wasn't as action packed, I really thought more action was going to build from that. And then she crash lands and then we get uh, more relationship building here. And so I thought it was a fun way to start the episode. 
Yeah, and sometimes Star Wars falls into this thing where they just do unnecessary action just to have action. And I find myself kind of falling under the the malaise of that. But then I thought the animation was so gorgeous and it's just cool that the design of that bike was great. And just seeing her when she was hanging, I love your metaphor. I think that's that's spot on. I hadn't thought about that. But it reminded me of uh, Luke in The Empire Strikes Back when Luke is hanging at the end of Cloud City before he, oh, cool. before he basically yeah. jumps. Also, at the at the first episode of that season, the end of the season five arc, where I think there's a similar moment, where, or no, second episode where she's about to jump and fall off as well. Uh, in fact, in that one, I think the ship is going down, and this one, the ship is going up. So I think that might be an interesting sort of a, a yeah. paradox, or not a paradox, but a sort of a, a subversion of a, of a similar motif, which is pretty pretty cool. So she meets Trace. Uh, tell me your opinion of Trace. Well, when we first meet her, I love you know I really enjoy it when she says oh, it's the best repair shop on thirteen thirteen, um, and everything has a price. Um, so I thought that you know I, the the fact that she continues to push that well it's going to cost you and this is going to be some it's it's that's the life that's the life of living under under the belly of uh, Coruscant, and so. Um, you know, I, I I liked Trace from the start because she came out and she wanted to help Ahsoka from the start, even though there was a price to it. Um, she seemed to be interested in who Ahsoka was and, uh, you know, talks about the bike and, and all that and brings her in and shows off the Nebula class freighter. But she's modifying it. She's modifying it for a bit more speed. Huh. We've seen that before. Somewhere in Star Wars, modified mm. ships for speed, um, so. and I'm and I'm not convinced that we're we're done seeing that Nebula class freighter. To be quite honest with you, and I, I there's nothing that I've seen necessarily that has made me think that. I just feel that it was it's it's more than just a mention. Um, but I liked Trace from the start. I thought uh, the way she brings Ahsoka into the fold and kind of includes her seemed to be a, uh, a symbol of of what life is like on on Coruscant down below. She, um, she's, she's obviously come, she's much more kind and compassionate than I expected someone living on 1313 to, to portray. And 1313 is of course famous because that was going to be the, the video game and also, uh, possibly where a live action Star Wars series was going to take place. Uh, and then obviously that never happened. Uh, the budget for those live action shows was too high. And they had tons of scripts ready to go, but they just never did them. The video game never came to fruition either. So it's cool to be able to see some of those ideas able to be used here. Uh, Trace, because um, Ahsoka says, why are you helping me? Because I was actually writing down my notes. Why does she seem so willing to help Ahsoka? She's living in this rough part of town. Yeah. But, you know, that's where you avoid these stereotypes that people have, where just because you're from a certain area doesn't mean you're going to be a certain way. And she says, she it said, seems like the right thing to do. But then she also says, I really need the money. But she says them within a space one another. And while she does need the money, you don't get the sense that she's, that she's like cutthroat or, or, or money hungry. It's more like, this is how we survive down here. Yeah. And it's almost like she feels a little bit of remorse for having to do that, even though she does know it's the right thing to do. And she still helps regardless with no indication that Ahsoka even has any money, which I think speaks to the spirit of who Trace is. Yeah, I mean, there's that there's that moment when Trace says to Ahsoka, "Are you running from something?" And that prompts Ahsoka to 
walk out of the garage mm-hmm. and she walks out on the platform in a, in a, and I just, I, this is when I think about like the snapshots of a show, I don't know if you, when I watch these shows, I always try to find the snapshots, yeah. snapshot moments. And this is one of them. She walks out and um, I did, I didn't recognize it the first time I saw it, but the, the second time that ship that rises up in front of her is a Republic ship. It's painted in that sort of crimson red um, Republic style ship. And it That's goes what I meant about the, the ship rising and the ship falling in the yeah. 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 And she stands there and, um, you know, she, she's reflective at that moment. And I, I like that moment when it's, you see her, they do a really close up of her face and there's not, not so much a dreamy look about her because her eye, her eyes are moving and she's looking around and just seeing what's there. And then she looks up at the ship as it, as it has already passed. And they do that shot from above down on her and she feels so small. And she looks small and it made me, that's, that's where I, I made a connection to the Ahsoka novel. Cause there's a moment in that novel where she, she had, there's a similar scene that uh, EK uh, Johnston um, describes in there where Ahsoka is just sort of looking out uh, at the, at the scenery in front of her and she's assessing her situation. And, uh, and here we see Ahsoka is very small. And because of, you know, that, that fortune cookie, you know, if there's no path before you, well, there is no path before her. She's just been asked by Trace, you know, uh, what are you running from? Are you running from something? And clearly she is. Right. Well, I agree. And then we also learn what the majority of the galaxy thinks. And it's kind of interesting to look at this because when this came out, all we had was the original trilogy and then we had the prequels. So we had basically two series of conflicts, but now with the first order and then the final order, it's almost like we have four conflicts in Star Wars. So to kind of think all the way back to the original prequel era with this the Jedi conflict, I think was interesting. So it says that she says the Jedi running around starting wars, they forgot about us, and and the, which helps Ahsoka to kind of say, all right, I'm not going to say anything about where I came from because I don't want this person to think or judge me because of where I'm from again like maybe Ahsoka or someone would have done when they found Trace on 1313. So uh, there's a lot there which from both characters that we're being told as an audience, you know, just where you're from doesn't indicate what kind of person you are, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah. And then we get to this rather brutal attack where Trace gets arrested. Um, a couple of underworld toughs come in to collect some money, and then Trace actually starts the fight. She's the one who throws the first punch, even though it's probably inevitable anyway. But to me, Tom, the physicality of this attack was was pretty intense. More I wrote so than down, other wars. Yeah, I, I wrote down in my notes, I put old school fisticuffs. I mean, it was hardcore punching. <laughs> you know, and they 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 pick her up and they punch her in the face, and then she shoves him up against the thing and the box yeah. falls on. And um and then, then the then the fight changes uh, quite drastically because, well, first of all, you know, Ahsoka is told to stay out of it by both uh, Trace and Pinta, which I, I thought I recognized that voice. Did you? Did you know Bobby Moynihan? Yeah, yeah, that's I, fun. I didn't. Re- I didn't realize until I looked at the credits that that was Bobby Moynihan, but that was great. Um, but uh, but they both tell, tell Ahsoka stay out of this, and then when they have her down she says actually maybe i could take i could use your help and 
what tell me about that moment when when the when that thug takes the punch at Trace and you get that close up of the fist coming into a hand to stop it and then they can't they pan back yeah. and there's a so oh that that look of determination on her face i was like there that's the ahsoka we remember plus there was almost no effort on her part no. like i don't even get the sense she was using the force i think mm-hmm. she was just her training uh which was i love that part and mesa i mesa and looked at each other with wide eyes like oh here we go yep. and ahsoka goes into this beautiful fight uh, very much kung fu but there's also a little bit of break dancing thrown in there uh, the way she kind of spins around on her hands to get back up again before she kicks. Uh-huh. It's very fun and very, very cool. She's she's so awesome. I mean, honestly, how could she not be a top five character for people? She's did so you, great. Did you notice – I put down a note here. I, um, I put music. Did you notice the music was a little light? It was almost like she was toying with them. Yeah, I mean, she, because she, she was. She took them down, but the music just sort of lifted the fight out of this like brutality mm-hmm. to something a little more light than what we expect from you know an animated show. But yeah. she was toying with them. Oh, I agree, and uh, which was which a nice a nice contrast as well. Uh, and I, I will echo your sentiments about the physicality. I thought like seeing Trace can only get punched and her cheeks get red, and I thought that was I thought that was really jarring. I thought, oh gosh, this is. This is pretty intense, which shows the brutality of what's going on. I thought it was a lot, but I understood sort of the direction of that. And, and it is a nice contrast with Ahsoka. But my favorite line in this entire episode is, she says, where'd you learn to fight like that? And Ahsoka says, yeah. well, the brother taught me. That made me so happy because I don't know that it's ever been fully explained like that or actually said out loud like that. And I was just so excited to hear that relationship and what, how they view each other. I mean, I, again, I already knew that, but it's never been fully articulated in that way. And that, that just made me feel very full inside. I, I, I wrote down this note about, and I wasn't sure where I would talk about it here, but this, this seems to be a, the appropriate place for it because that, that line really stuck to me too. And I, it made me smile as well. And, uh, and I and I turned to my daughter and I said I turned to Kaylee and I said I said I said I said you know who she's talking about? She goes I keep forgetting that you know she's almost a teenager so I don't have to make some of these connections for her anymore, which makes me sad in some ways. But in others, it's really cool to see her grow. Sure. But I, I was like, that's she's talking about Anakin there, and I just thought that was so cool. And then and then this sort of sad sad thought came to my head, and so I'm going to share it here. And maybe you want to talk about it later. Um, but I, I think it's interesting as we as we watch the beginning of a new life for Ahsoka here, and we know where she's headed. We know the good stuff that's coming from Ahsoka, but we're at the beginning of her new story. And she has these two sisters that have different paths as well who, I don't know, you know, Ahsoka could have gone the way of, of uh, we haven't talked about Rafi yet, but she could go the way of Rafi. She could go the way of Trace. Isn't Rafa? Um, Rafi's oh, like maybe. the guy that sings songs for kids. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I am a pizza. <laughs> Pepperoni. Okay. Okay. Rafa. Yeah, that, that yeah. was the name. Yeah. <laughs> not Baby Beluga, Rafi. No, not Baby Beluga. Sorry. <laughs> My apologies. I'm here. I'm in this. I'm, in, I'm about to, to drop this deep philosophical moment. <laughs> I'd say Raffy. Anyway, <laughs> she's got those two choices. But so we're looking at a bright 
sort of a bright future um, for Ahsoka. And she mentions her brother, who in the last four episodes is taking a step to the dark side. And I think that's it's really interesting to juxtapose these two story arcs side by side. I mean, they're limited in the number of episodes they have, so where else would you put them? But I think it's it's sort of a... I don't know, an interesting and sad, um, sad look at the, you know, here they split uh, from, you know, she splits from the Jedi Order, leaving her master of Anakin. And while he's in much need of her as she was of him. And, uh, and so, I don't know, I just thought, I just had that, that thought that Anakin's heading one direction now as Ahsoka's heading a different. I agree. I agree very much so. Uh, so I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the aforementioned Rafa and the sort of the dynamic between the two sisters. This is Coffee with Kenobi. This is Vanessa Marshall, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can drive change or build an empire. Because old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. This new year, we need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's still ours to win. Start different at GoDaddy.com. We are back. We uh, just said a uh, little tease. We're talking about the two sisters, Trace, and now Rafa. So Rafa uh, is in- instantly striking because they have sort of a similar haircut with the hair on top and buzz on the sides. Uh, Rafa's clearly older, a little bit taller, I think. But she's wearing this huge ornate fur coat yeah. that... That sort of belies uh, poverty, I think, underneath. But you can tell that there's a definite juxtaposition between Rafa and Trace. But there's also mutual love and respect. Go ahead and talk about their relationship. Yeah, I mean, clearly it's uh, uh, Trace looks up to her bigger sister. When she talks about her, um, well, she gives her dream to um, to Ahsoka. You know, it's like we have this American dream here. She's got the galaxy dream and she wants to get off of Coruscant and live in the stars and she wants to take her sister with her and escape this uh, this life that they live and so Trace kind of has this I don't know is it a naive uh, sort of viewpoint that that we can escape where we are and then um, and then Rafa has this you know she's entrenched she's she's doing what she has to do to make ends meet and if that means putting other people in danger or, or taking advantage of someone else by charging them too much or selling them something that's not really a, the true promise, she'll do it. And so you have this sort of two sides of, of looking at the world and the galaxy here. Um, and then we also have uh, with uh, Trace, you know, the fact that she eventually says to Ahsoka, no charge. You know, when, when Ahsoka says, what's it going to cost me to have you finish fixing my bike? And she says, no charge. And so she has that, she has a, a heart for um, helping people to escape um, probably because she has that own desire in herself. So, so right. definitely two different sides of the same two sisters. 
and Rafa is definitely more more cynical, sort of hardened, uh, but clearly loves and respects her sister. She doesn't she oppress does. her, even though she doesn't seem to approve of the friendship with Ahsoka. She doesn't have, make a big deal about it at all. I mean, not one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that may change if these two are in the next episode. I guess that remains to be seen. But this is the part that changed the episode for me. And I must confess, the first few times I watched that, I just didn't really think about it that way. But it's something that Filoni says. Dave Filoni says. He says that the two sisters represent who Ahsoka was and who she might be as she continues or if she goes down a path of sort of being hardened or embittered by what life has thrown at her. And then all of a sudden the, the episode became brilliant to me. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, really, because because uh, Trace is optimistic and had dreams of a better future, which is definitely what Ahsoka has been for most of her life. Mm-hmm. And then Rafa is is hardened, like I said, and embittered and and is kind of clawing her way out. Uh, and Ahsoka doesn't want to be that way, which yeah. I think is why she's sort of a nice fulcrum. Ah, or balance. Hey. How about that? <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. The, uh, by the way, I guess at the end of the show, we'll just uh, weigh in for a few minutes about the news of Ahsoka Tunnel being in season two of The Mandalorian. We covered it on Facebook Live. But we can, we we'll talk about the end because uh, Ashley sure. X-Men does such a great job in this episode. So basically now we have just basically the end. There's basically two more parts to this. There's the end uh, sequence with a type 2 binary load lifter. And then there is sort of the, the conversation that the three have at the end. But let's talk about that, that ending with the type 2 binary load lifter, which, by the way, is pretty cool because uh, it's clear that Ahsoka has a history with them. And I'm at yeah. first blush... I didn't remember. And then I thought about the forces of destiny episode where yes. Ahsoka fights one of these <laughs> things. Right. So how great that there's synergy there. Did you catch that the first time? Well, I, I mean, I did not recognize the load lifters uh, per, uh, by, by seeing them on screen, but she mentions it. She says, she says, wait, and she has that like recollection of hang on this, this, these are frauds. And she, so she, she's what tipped me off to, okay, we've seen these someplace before and uh, and I just yeah I happen to stumble upon that um, from Forces of Destiny so that's that is cool that there's that she has a history with these types of droids and we've heard about binary load lifters from A New Hope I mean C three PO talks about them with Uncle Owen well that's right <laughs> uh, they're repurposed demolition droids but they're prone to violence because at first I thought well why do they even make these things are we saying now that droids have like concrete set in temperaments but it's no it's like a faulty programming so see. Yeah. No agency. So temperament and crankiness does not equate to sentience. Hmm. Hashtag Millennium Falcon, not a character. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> Thought we dealt with that last week. I rather, and I think I even Corey is convinced now, too. Huh. Okay. I'll have to go back and uh, check that one out. You need to watch the beginning of that. Uh, we're talking about the Facebook Live from two Mondays ago where I think mm-hmm. I finally put the rest of the Falcon is not a character. But, you know, decide for yourself, as always. Yes, always. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, what, what, which part of that? Did you want to talk about the chase or just the ending where they finally catch that cr- the, the droid? Let's just talk about the chase itself. Okay. Uh, I mean, this was the action that, of course, I, I was expecting. Um, it didn't quite have the, it, it, at least at on the surface level did not have the weight to, you know, action of the war or anything like that. Um, but, uh, but I thought, you know, it was a fun chase to watch. 
um, I thought what what I liked about it was it shows Ahsoka and Trace working together to problem solve this issue. Um, and Ahsoka, up to a point, never has to use the Force. She uses her own skill, her own ability, her own problem-solving skills to make this happen. And which, again, leads to sort of foreshadowing what happens, you know, how she, how she conducts herself in the future. Um, that it's, it's not a reliance on the Force. And so, uh, so I, you know, the chase is, is fun. I love that uh, forklift they get. Um, it has so many little little tricks to it. It has the the forklift that that goes up and down, of course, but then it turns sideways and has the claw, which right. is how they they catch the load lifter. Um, and then it has the winch on the back. Uh, so it's it's a neat little uh, 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 piece of machinery. It really is. It's um, that was a, a frustrating and exciting ending. I feel like this and in the fight, Ahsoka holds back quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost interesting. Almost like she's got this, I don't want to interfere with things, but, but that's not entirely true because she obviously, she, it's not that she's interfering. She just doesn't like use the force. I mean, let's be honest. If she uses the force, this thing's over in two seconds, Oh, right. but she doesn't. So I think my biggest question for you is why is she solving problems throughout this without the force? This is before order 66. It's not illegal to be a Jedi. In fact, they're on Coruscant. So well, I, she, I have a couple of theories about why she's not using the force, but what do you think? No, I feel like, you know, she, she walked away from the Jedi order. So that's her, and that's her connection to the Jedi is, is the use of the force. It's not that she's afraid to use it, but I think she, she's decided in her, in her mind that, that that's, that's, that's a part of my life. I, I need to, to either walk away from, or at least not, not rely upon so much. The other aspect is she had the conversation with Trace early on and clearly Trace has a negative perception of the Jedi. And so she doesn't want to reveal herself in that sort of way. In fact, when she does end up using the force, she's pretty covert about it. And and I think it's, it's lovely and beautiful and fun that only a little girl sees her (laughs) use the force. So, you know, I think it's those two reasons mainly, at least in my mind that, that, um, that she doesn't, that she's resistant to use it, but I'm anxious to hear what you have to say about that. Well, I I think similar to the last Jedi, uh, which Luke is very adamant and passionate about, you know, the, the Jedi hubris is that, you know, the force doesn't belong to the Jedi. But I think there's sort of like a, a subconscious teaching there, uh, whether uh, direct or not, where that's part of what being a Jedi is. So maybe Ahsoka thinks that she has to turn her back or at least mm-hmm. avoid using the force subconsciously because of that, because there's that that's the link to her past life and the Jedi rejected her or didn't uh, support her, which I guess I guess you could argue if they rejected her, but I we wouldn't blame her for feeling that way. Right. So I think there's part of it, and I also think that there's the, she doesn't want Trace to think perhaps ill of her because of her connection to the Jedi Order, because of what Trace clearly thinks about the Jedi. But there's just a lot of self-doubt here, which again is why this is elevated to a B in my mind. But I, I think the most interesting part, again, is the, the sort of the, the loose connection to the last Jedi and, and Luke's proclamation about, like, the Force doesn't belong to the Jedi, but it's just sort of become that way. And I think that's pretty interesting. But eventually it's it's resolved. Trace does it, and she's about to fall off this platform. And this is where we get, thanks to Jedi News, I didn't notice this the first time, this is where we see Greedo, Hammerhead, and Walrus Man in, in the background, <laughs> yeah. uh, based on the 1978 <laughs> Kenner design, which is pretty wonderful. 
But then we got that great moment. Uh, there's always that moment in these stories where a Jedi uh, doesn't use the Force and they have to at the end to save someone. And it usually involves Force telekinesis. And it was a pretty nice little moment. And we even get this the sweeping Force theme, which you don't, it's, uh, it's always powerful when there's actual John Williams music in these Kevin Kiner scores, which are always brilliant. But it mm-hmm. sort of punctuates the emotion of what's going on on the screen. Yeah, I, that moment was, you know, I was just, I, I don't know, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for her to finally break down and use um, the force. And, I, you know, you just you just seemed to think it was going to come eventually. But, you know, she's been so resistant throughout this entire chase. And it's not that people haven't been put in danger by this load lifter droid, you know, stomping down and jumping and leaping um, from one level to the next. But she waits until it's the most dire. And she waits, she, she holds her cards until the very end where it, you know, Trace is clearly going to fall down right. into the pit of Coruscant. And so she uses the force here to, um, to do that. And, and yeah, the music, uh, the music was so perfect at that moment. I mean, it's really just a perfect moment. It was, as I mentioned earlier, it was, it was a snapshot moment of this episode. It really was. It really was. It was lovely. And then they, they resolve it. Um, Ahsoka, Ahsoka's expressions. When you watch this again, pay close attention to Ahsoka's expressions, because I, while there is some ag, there's some anguish, but there's not pain. She's just, she's just a, a very centered, balanced Jedi. And you know, say what you will. Obviously, she embraces what it means to be one with the Force. So hopefully, we'll get to see the the origin of the impetus of the white lightsaber blades, which would be really nice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Anakin is her teacher. So, I mean, another example of the, the, the good, the genuine good that's in Anakin, because Ahsoka is a direct product of that. And I don't think we, we talk about or emphasize that enough, but it's a reality. That's a great point. Um, and it's one that, it, you're right, it gets lost. Um, that, you know, the, the master of, the Jedi master of Ahsoka was, was Anakin. And he cared for her deeply, um, so much so that he was willing to not believe the Jedi council when it came to the bombing of the Jedi temple. Um, you know, he took it upon himself to discover the truth. And, uh, and so you see that caring love that he has for Ahsoka as a, you know, a master and apprentice type of uh, relationship. I mean, that's usually that language is usually saved for um, the Sith, but that that's essentially what the Jedi have as well, the structure. And so, and so, yeah, everything that Ahsoka brings to the table is a product of Anakin Skywalker. Which is pretty fascinating. So, Dan, how about that? That, oh my gosh. So I'm sorry. Did, I'm, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Dan. No, go ahead. It just made me think of a, a line in that. And it has no, I'm sure it has no connection other than I, I thought of it while we were talking about this. Trace says to Rafa that, that when in talking about Ahsoka says she fell from the sky. Hmm. Huh. She, she fell from the sky. Yeah. Now, I, I'm sure that that had no intent to, to have any connection to Luke Skywalker, but I loved, I did, I wrote that, that quote down because I thought that was just a really cool, um, I don't know, image that, that someone like Ahsoka falls from the sky. To, it reminds me of the deus ex machina where she does fall from the sky, but that seems random as a plot device to kind of wrap things up nice and tidy, but she doesn't. She lets things play out and doesn't interfere, but let empowers people, which yeah. basically, by the way, is the Jedi way. 
right? Yeah. Which yeah. in Clone Wars obviously is not the Jedi way, but she acts out in the in Jedi fashion, in authentic Jedi fashion. I, I still maintain that Ahsoka, Kanan, and Luke are the only three that are truly Jedi throughout their entire arcs. Wow. I got to think about that. Hang on. I got to write that down. Yeah. Go ahead and write that down. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So so we have the ending, the three of them chat. Uh Ahsoka says, you know, I'm not basically I'm 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 gonna go do something else. But there's no bitterness, there's no anger. Uh Trace clearly is a little melancholy of the Ahsoka Lee. So she offers as a parting gift to help her fix her bike. Um Rafa basically charges double to use the money to pay off someone else. So she's not really getting ahead. She's not necessarily making the right choice, but she's making a safe choice to keep her and her sister safe. Mm-hmm. But she's still no better off than she was at the beginning of the episode. But Rafa, but Trace, I mean, maybe have a little bit of a, even more of a resolution to find hope and find an alternative method. So we'll see. I'm not sure if we're going to see these two characters later. But overall, I think because of the character stuff going on, uh, I enjoyed it much more after watching it a second time and chatting it over with you. Listening to Coffee with Kenobi, you are the podcast you're looking for. This is. <laughs> that's going to do it for this week's show thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to have a cup of coffee with me and for helping to spread the word about our star wars family we've got here at coffee with kenobi to join us in the cwk cafe which is our facebook group and share your star wars thoughts comments reviews and opinions in a family-friendly spoiler-free place that is also drama-free Go to www.coffeewithkenobi.com slash community and be part of the conversation, talk about this week's show, or just talk some Star Wars. It is a lot of fun and you'll make some new friends as well as catch up with longtime friends there as well. I also want to thank all of our new and longtime members of the CWK family and let you know how much I appreciate your help and support. I love being able to give back to you with CWK Pour Over, the exclusive weekly podcast not heard anywhere else. I want to thank our CWK family members, Jason Hall, Dennis Keithley, Colby Mead, Jessica Berry, Adam Bankhurst, David Nicely, Jeff Ellis, Ross Hallibin, Frank Mulder, Alexander Moylan, Aaron Harris, Chris Gavarka, Angela Sauce, Susan Gray, Connie Shee, Tyler Pompey, Hannah, Alex Procasio, Ian Thompson, Simbot Deftardarian, Christine Turk, Kurt McKellen, Dan Ream, Brian Harding, Blake Weaver, Jim Caprin, Caroline Maselli, Chris Metz, LJ Souter, Thea Selby, Daz Davies, Christian Dale, Brian McKinney, Jared Cantor, BJ Smith, Eric Struthers, Nick Deco, and Mark Souter. If you want to be an exclusive member of our CWK family, go to www.coffeewithkenobi.com support. It's a great way to help support and help out the show and... 10% of your monthly contributions go directly to the St. Jude Children's Hospital to support the incredibly important work they are doing to help these brave children and their families. In addition to being a part of the community on Facebook, please don't forget to visit our website at www.coffeewithkenobi.com for Star Wars news, announcements, reviews, videos, and so much more. If you have a question for me or just want to share your thoughts on the air, feel free to email me at danzy at coffeewithkenobi.com and I'll share them on the show. You can also connect with me on Twitter at MrZer, M-R-Z-E-H-R. There are also a lot more ways to connect with me and Coffee with Kenobi on social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a like on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Coffee with Kenobi and check us out on Pinterest. 
You can find me twice a month on the podcast Looking at Lucasfilm, part of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network, and you can find my writing on CWK's website, as well as StarWars.com and on IGN. And if you are considering starting a podcast or a blog, let me know how I can help you get started and help you make your creative vision a reality. Be sure to check out DanzyMedia.com and we can get the process started. I am also available to come to your school, conference, business, or organization to talk about how to tap into your strengths and help you bring out your very best. I want to inspire you to be inspired. Don't be afraid to take that first step into a larger world. Thanks, as always, to our CWK sponsors, especially MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, our travel partner, and your one-stop shop for all things Walt Disney World, Disneyland, the Disney Cruise Lines, or anywhere on the planet that you want to go on vacation. Please go to www.coffeewithkenobi.com slash mousefantravel to book your magical vacation and help support Coffee with Kenobi in the process. If you like the show, please tweet out that you're listening, share it on Facebook, or invite your friends and family to tune in and share a cup of coffee with us. And if the force is especially with you, please take a couple of minutes to rate and review the show on iTunes or Google Podcasts. Every review makes a huge difference and helps spread the word. So thank you for your perspective, Mr. Gross. Oh, absolutely. It's always fun to talk about these episodes, and and I always learn so much more about them, getting a, a different perspective from yeah. you and then, you know, uh, the comments that we get on social media about uh, these episodes just you know, it just helps to build the appreciation of the story even more because everyone sees it from a different point of view. Yeah, and it seemed like it was, there was pretty much a, a agreement on Facebook last night on Facebook Live that it was about a B and B minus range. So I'd be interested to see if after this conversation people change their minds. So uh, thank you, Tom, for joining us. Where can people reach out to you if they want to continue the conversation with you? Oh, absolutely. On Twitter is the best place. And uh, you can find me there at DraftLine, D-R-A-F-T-L-I-N-E. Or if you want to have a little bit longer uh, longer uh, question or description, uh, send me an email, tomg at coffeewithkenobi.com. Very good. Well, thanks again, everybody. We That will do it for this for not this week's for today's show. We will be back on Thursday to look at the special features on the rise of Skywalker digital download and Blu-ray. Thanks so much, everybody. And remember, this is the podcast you're looking for. This podcast is not endorsed by the Walt Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names, sounds, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Coffee with Kenobi unless otherwise indicated. This is the podcast you're looking for. There's no one here. Move along. Move along. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can drive change or build an empire. We need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com.